Chapter Seven of Campfire Girls in the Country by Stella M. Francis. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Leanne Howlett. Letting Hazel Explain. Fortune and careful calculation favored the plans and purposes of Hazel and Harriet at the break of day. They had stolen quietly into their tent and into bed without arousing the sleeping Mackenzies. Under ordinary circumstances, after losing so much sleep, both girls would have slept until long after sunup. But with the present necessities working on their minds, there was no need of an alarm clock to arouse them before it was too late to make their departure unobserved. Hazel awoke first. The sun had already chased the moon shadows into a ghostly retreat, and a multitude of day-beams, sliding aslant from the brilliant east, were piercing the foliage with glittering, colorful effects. One glance through the canvas flaps in front of the tent was enough. Hazel turned and was about to put her hand on her companion to awaken her, when the latter opened her eyes and sat up. "'Quick, Harriet,' she whispered. "'We must hurry. It's getting late. We must get back to the house as soon as possible.' Maybe we can slip in without being noticed. But this urging was unnecessary. In a few minutes, both girls crept under the side of the tent farthest from the one occupied by Mr. and Mrs. Mackenzie, and hastened off toward the trail that led back to Mrs. Hutchins' house. Fortunately, neither the farmer nor his wife had yet risen, as they were still within their tent. Hazel and Harriet arrived back at the house without notable hap or mishap, and went direct to the kitchen entrance. They were surprised as well as pleased to find the door unlocked. With curious anticipation they entered, Harriet holding back a little in order that her companion might take the lead, and saying to herself, She asked me to let her do the explaining, and I'm going to do it. Well, for the Lord's sake! This was the first greeting the girls met with which indicated that any of the occupants of the house had arisen from the night's rest. Of course, it was uttered by Minerva, who came out of the dining-room just as Hazel and Harriet entered the kitchen. "'Where in the wide world did you young missus come from?' the colored servant continued. "'Oh, we've just been out for an early morning constitutional, Auntie,' Hazel replied. "'My land, how industrious you folkses be, a study in your history lesson and vacation and at five o'clock in the morning.' "'History lesson. What do you mean by that?' Hazel inquired. "'What do you suppose I mean?' Minerva returned with erudite dignity. "'Does you chillins think I don't know the Constitution of the United States and a mighty important part of history?' The girls laughed merrily. "'Why, Minerva!' Hazel exclaimed enthusiastically. "'Who would ever have thought you would penetrate our secret so cleverly? "'But now that you are in on it, we want you to help us out and keep our secret with us. "'We don't want the other girls to know what we are up to.' "'Bless your heart, child, I'll do anything for you,' Minerva declared in a voice whose sincerity could not be mistaken. "'Thank you, Minerva,' Hazel said with amused earnestness as she and Harriet passed into the hall on their way upstairs. They got back into their room without further personal encounter, and there congratulated themselves and each other on the successful manner in which they had run the gauntlet of difficult circumstances. "'I must say you managed it fine,' 
was Harriet's admiring compliment to her friend as she closed the door. And you didn't tell a single fib. Oh, yes, I did, Hazel insisted, or something of the same character. I boosted along Minerva's historical misunderstanding and thereby told a constitutional fib. An hour and a half later, Minerva rang the first call for breakfast, and in a short time Aunt Hannah and all the members of the Flamingo Fire were gathered around the capacious fumed oak table in the large dining room. While they were eating, Mrs. Mackenzie, matron of the camp, called and, without particular ceremony, as was the custom in the Hutchins household, was ushered into the presence of the assembled guests. She had an announcement of interest to them to make. "'I found this wristwatch in one of the tents this morning,' she said. "'Oh, it's mine!' exclaimed Hazel eagerly. The next instant she would have given a good deal to be able to recall the identification. But what was the use, was her next mental argument. If she denied ownership, someone would recognize it, and she would find herself in a difficult position. "'I forgot it and left it under my pillow,' she continued. "'Thank you ever so much, Mrs. Mackenzie.' The latter delivered the article of jewelry to its owner, and then continued, much to the discomfort of Hazel and Harriet, "'Excuse me for interrupting you further.' "'but there were some strangers in one of the tents last night. "'I'm afraid they were tramps. "'They slept there, for this morning the beds were all disarranged. "'I know all the beds were made yesterday. "'I don't think they took anything. "'Luckily they didn't find that watch under the pillow.' "'This statement produced a commotion among the breakfasters. "'Uninvited visitors in their camp? "'What were they? Tramps? Gypsies?' Mrs. Mackenzie said she did not know. She merely considered it her duty to report conditions as she had found them. She would maintain a more careful watch in the future. Then she departed. As the matron left the breakfast room, Ethel Zimmerman created no small embarrassment for both Hazel and Harriet by saying, "'Hazel, how in the world did that wristwatch of yours get down there in your tent last night? I'd swear I saw you wearing it yesterday afternoon.' I noticed it particularly after my diamond lavalier was snipped off my neck. End of chapter 7